Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. If you're looking for a reason to dig into your favorite foods, look no further. Today is National Eat. <laughs> um, rather abruptly didn't it i i don't know uh you know why we need a, a day like this because i don't know about you or anybody who might be listening this morning um but i pretty much eat everything i want anything i want yeah, every day i, I tend day. to eat what i want most days yeah yeah so i mean it's it, well, every day technically is, last night i ate i ate what debbie wanted but still it was it was, it was really good yeah yeah i mean you didn't say oh i can't have this because it's not eat what i want day, I, did, right? I did not yeah uh today also um twilight zone day today it's also hostess cupcake day hey now got me thinking with everything going on you're, you're traveling down a road do we really need a uh, twilight zone <laughs> day would people believe it every every day is the twilight zone <laughs> and thus that, endeth the episode i mean you you think about it back when the twilight zone was running if they ran what was going on in the world today oh, yeah. would you would go oh, they, yeah, they frequently, that's unfathomable yeah that they, they made that stuff up just for the television show they frequently had uh stories that predicted you know the, the near or far future and uh, I, I don't know how accurate they were but they always gave it a try <laughs> Stock market's up this morning, 292 points on the Dow, head of the opening here, uh, a little over an hour and a half away, but don't worry. I've come to the belief um, that maybe the stock market is just up in futures, and then as soon as the stock market officially gets underway, it goes back into the red. Because well, that's what it seems like it's it, been doing for the last week. It likes to tease us, you see. Yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be good, and then all of a sudden you get it open. Like we had a what, almost a five hundred and fifty point swing. It, it wants to uh, yesterday co- convince us that we're happy, and then suddenly let us know we're not. We were up uh, about three hundred and fifty points while we were doing the show before ten o'clock, and then uh, uh, after we were done with the show, I looked up and, it, and, and it's down two hundred and some odd points, and mm. I'm like, wow, that's a five hundred point swing just this morning. Yep. Doesn't look that bad because you were up for a little while. Um, we had talked about yesterday, uh, what is it, 36 in downtown Boise. So there's probably some areas that are still uh, below freezing this morning here in the Treasure Valley. Um, we had told you it was about this time talking about snowpack and how much difference a month makes, how much difference a week makes. Now, I told you yesterday morning it gave you the snowpack um, readings from a week ago, how almost everywhere was at or above 100%. Um, the Boise National Forest, just uh, out outside of Boise here, was only at 95% mm-hmm. on May 5th. Um, Weezer area, one of the higher places, 146%. And the uh, newest, latest came out yesterday, May 10th, and how much, at five days difference. Weezer area, for instance, is now over 200% of normal wow. snowpack. Boise is over a hundred percent, so it's it's gone up six percent 
Um, there are now places, uh, Willow Blackroot uh, area that was at 162% is almost at 200% now. And there are literally only about two areas in the state who, if you remember a month ago, there wasn't an area of the state that was at 90%, let alone over, over 100. And now just as, as big a difference as it makes. And thank goodness, because we were looking at having a, a really bad water year a month ago. Um, but because of the last month or so and all the storms that have been coming in right after the other and the other advantage that we had this year over last year, no hot temperatures mm. as of yet. So none of that snow is melting. So it keeps adding to the snowpack, which is good news. But now um, there are only two places that are under 100 percent in the state right now. How close are we to, say, flash floods on the 4th of July? Uh, hard to say. Still a ways. Yeah, I, I, I think we're still a ways. Would that have away. to be three, four hundred percent? Probably. Okay. Well, and it would have to be, you know, a massive amount, and then all of a sudden it stays cool like it is right mm-hmm. now, uh, and then you get a week of 100-degree temperatures maybe. And, and that even that might not work because it would melt before it got to the reservoir. So the, you just the paradox, want a nice and slow warm-up. The paradox in moisture in the state of Idaho is they tell us if there's not enough moisture, it will be a dry summer and we will have lots of wildfires. And the paradox there is they tell us if, it's, if we have plenty of snowpack, that uh, tons more vegetation will grow in the summer, and we'll, and we'll have, have wildfires. Wild no matter what we do, we end up with wildfires. I uh, think that it, isn't that where the saying came: "You're damned if you do, and damned if you don't." Came from also uh, also a paradox of, of sorts. Yes. Yeah. Um, Idaho sets a new record for expensive gas this week. Also, so we are at the highest our gas prices have ever been for the state. The average price. This is the average. Mm-hmm. Uh, is four forty eight per gallon. That was on Monday. Every is, time we fill up, we think to ourselves, gee, it's good we don't live someplace like Petaluma. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, California is all over $5 a gallon. Yeah. Nevada is over $5 a gallon. Um, national average currently sits at four thirty three. Idaho's gas rose $0.04 cents a gallon last week. Um, Normally, I think it's great if we're above average. Not this time. No, this is not a good thing. And that... Now we're we're getting to that time where it's like, well, gosh, I'm not I, my tank doesn't need to be filled. I'm only half of it. Maybe I want to fill it up so I I don't have to pay four more cents a gallon next exactly, week. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Boise's average, by the way, is above the state average. Idaho or Boise's average four dollars and fifty three cents. Lowest gas prices in the state. Um, once again, head to Coeur d'Alene and mm-hmm. you can fill up for four thirty seven. Some of the highest uh, housing prices, but lowest gas prices. Mm-hmm. Um. Pocatello, four forty a gallon. So eastern Idaho and northern Idaho, um, you might want to drive there to fill up your tanks because that's where you're uh, going to get the cheapest gas. Even um, uh, Twin Falls is in Rexburg, both at four dollars and fifty cents a gallon. So yeah. close to what the Boise prices are. We're here in in the uh, Treasure Valley. We are at some of the highest prices in the Treasure Valley. Unfortunately, adding to the inflation, ladies and gentlemen, we were uh, going to yesterday. Talk about the uh, we were going to put Biden on. He was talking uh, yesterday about inflation, and uh, he, he hoped, was a, he was we, a bit late. Actually. Yeah, we would, we had hoped to get that on before we were done because uh, we had watched it for the last what forty five minutes of the show. Biden soon we'll talk about uh, inflation, and we we planned on running that live um, if it happened, but unfortunately. Uh, it didn't happen until just after the show, so we didn't end up running that. It reminded me of George W. Bush. He used to uh, the White House used to announce that he would be speaking at nine o'clock, and then he'd come on about ten fifteen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Biden said Tuesday that soaring inflation, quoting here, was a real tough problem to solve. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping us out there. I think I think we all pretty much knew that. Uh, thanks for getting on. Uh, was he in that Captain Obvious uh, commercial? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's a real tough problem to solve. Yeah, it's true. Um, I can't argue with that. And I'd like to say there was good news there, but uh, he said uh, that it could get worse before it gets better. Um, yesterday, offering no new ideas to help stem rising prices. He said it's really complicated. I'm not suggesting Americans don't understand it and can't understand it. They understand it, but they have, you know, they're working eight, ten hours a day to put food on the table. Twelve even. Thirteen or fourteen for some people. <laughs> Biden predicted, uh, declined to predict how long it would take to uh, see the prices to start coming down. But he did suggest they may actually, may actually rise even higher through 2023. And uh, I, had, I had to look at my to, calendar and go, wow, we're only in 2022, so we got another year and a half of this going on? Kind of hard to be wrong there, isn't it? <laughs> Things are bad, but they will get worse. Yeah. So those You can of, mark my words. Those of us who were, were hoping, as we mentioned yesterday, we were possibly going to put him on if he had uh, you know been live because he might have had some great ideas for having to deal with inflation. Um, but he didn't. But we did find out that he thinks that it's a really difficult problem to solve. Okay. And as you said, thank you, Captain Obvious. Well, now we know he's not delusional. <laughs> well, we don't know that yet. At least about this. Yeah. 615. Phone lines are open this morning. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It's time for our first check on sports as we get underway for your Wednesday morning. This update is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Two locations in Meridian at their same location that they've been at for years, just off Wells Avenue and also just off Gowan Road. Just opened up a little over a week ago. Don't forget today, the good day to get in for some of their most popular soups. Today is jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar. Don't believe me if it's good? Get in today and check it out for yourself. Good morning. There was NBA basketball on last night for the playoffs. There was NHL playoffs on last night. But a lot of people were paying attention to what was going on last night in Los Angeles, where a rookie pitcher was trying to throw a no-header against the Tampa Bay Rays. Two and two, the count. And here's the next delivery. It's chopped to short. This should do it. The throw to first. It's a no-hitter. It's a no-hitter. Reed Dippers, in just his 11th Major League start, pitches a no-hitter. That's the 13th in Angels history. He's being mobbed by his teammates over by the first base area. A historical night tonight at the Big A. And that is how it unfolded last night in Los Angeles as their rookie left-hand pitcher, Reed Detmers, pitched a no-hitter in that 12 nothing victory over the Tampa Bay Rays at Angel Stadium. It was the second no-hitter of the season. For the Angels, it was, as you heard, the 12th in franchise history. The closest play to a hit came with one out in the top of the seventh when Tampa Bay's Brett Phillips hit a medium-hard grounder to the right of first baseman Jared Walsh. The ball bounced off Walsh's glove, then he dropped the ball trying to get Phillips, uh, but with the no-hitter on the line, it was called an error. There was also one walk in the game, which is why it wasn't a perfect game either. Nevertheless, a big victory last night for the rookie left-hander. Congratulations to the Angels and to Reed Detmers. I'm Rick Worthington. 
weekday from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. President Biden acknowledging rising prices are a top concern for millions of Americans. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously and it's my top domestic priority. The president saying two key drivers of inflation right now are Russia's war in Ukraine, which he says is causing a spike in gas and food prices, and the COVID pandemic. Not only did it shut down our global economy, it threw the supply chains and demand completely out of whack. President Biden keeps calling it the Putin price hike, but that's a little misleading because supply chains are still disrupted. China now locking down again in a large way because of rising COVID cases there. And remember, we have a labor shortage in this country. So all of those things, of course, together with the ongoing war in Ukraine, continuing to push prices up. And there's very little this administration can do to stop it. Yay! Good news abounds. I think if I were him, I'd keep blaming on Putin, too. There you go. Um, he he did say that he didn't think it had anything to do with the government, you know, and the uh, packages passed, trillions of dollars in packages passed here over the last couple of years, which seems a little weird. The Dow futures up 276 points as of this morning. And if you're one of those people, like I think a lot of people are trying to find ways to save money right now, um, whether they are, are just doing it because uh, they feel hard times might be coming, or because, you know, they, they can't afford to pay for gas even yeah. to go to work anymore. There's that. There are people that still have money, apparently. Andy Warhol's uh, Maryland, one of the Maryland pieces of art on Monday, mm-hmm. sold for a record for a piece of American art. $195 million. So somebody's got enough money. I mean, an, that, that'd Andy. be enough for, what, five, six tanks of gas right there. <laughs> And you could even probably go out to dinner. Andy Warhol's 1964 portrait of Marilyn Monroe sold $195 million at Christie's Monday night, becoming the most expensive work of art in American history. The price suggests that the art market, at least, at the very high end, is largely holding up to the pressures of falling stocks, rising interest rates. It just reminds us that there are people in the world who can't afford those things if they want. And orange. If I had $195 million or more... I wouldn't be the least bit interested in buying an Andy Warhol painting. I, I don't know. It, you, we, we talked yesterday with uh, Jeremiah Bates. What is it that you can, where is it that you can purchase or put your money right now and not have it eroded by inflation, losing the stock market? If you put $195 million, if you had that kind of money, I mean, conventional wisdom is that artwork just continues to go up and up. So it's so not going to be infected by it. So somebody inflation. out there wants the painting bad enough to pay, say, $250 million for it. Uh, eventually. Okay. There great. were some that thought that it may go for $250 million on Monday night. An orange version of the painting, and there are four different versions of the painting. This was the sage blue painting. An orange version recently sold uh, to hedge fund billionaire Ken Griffin for over $200 million. Wow. So this was a bargain. Ken Griffin, not Ken Griffin Jr.? No. Okay. Uh, the version sold Monday was owned by a Swiss art dealer, and uh, they've, the family has owned it since the early 1980s. Here's the cool part about this. You know, people are like, oh, rich people just getting richer. No, uh, 100% of the proceeds, the $195 million, are all going to be donated to uh, charity to support really? health and education programs for children worldwide. Clearly, this is a family that has plenty already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for those of you who think, oh, the rich just keep getting richer. No, it's, yeah. it's they're doing good Some, with this. Sometimes this there's kind of cool. philanthropy as well. Yeah. So, 
Um, once again, this is the second highest piece of art ever sold at auction. Leonardo da Vinci's uh, Salvador Mundi sold at Christie's in 2017 for $450 million. Was in his, uh, wow. Uh, in his series of uh, names, uh, those named after Salvador and Days of the Week. 627, um, we'll take your phone calls if you'd like, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Remember, you can email Mike at KBY.com and Chris at KBY.com. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We made him an offer he couldn't refuse. He refused it. So he stuffed his body in a barrel and put him into Lake Mead. Let me guess. Uh, Lake Mead being dry, it's giving up its secrets? More human remains have been found at Lake Mead less than a week after authorities discovered the remains of a man in a barrel amid a drought that has dropped the reservoir's water level to historic lows. A witness apparently saw human skeletal remains in the Calville Bay area of Lake Mead on Saturday. Clark County uh, Medical Examiner has not yet identified the cause of death. Authorities are investigating. Do they suspect foul play since he was in a barrel at the bottom of the lake? This one wasn't in a barrel. This one was uh, just... Uh, just in the lake. In, in the lake. Now, the oh, okay. first one was in the barrel, and they do suspect foul play on that one because not only was he in a barrel but apparently he uh had a bullet hole in him and as some of you probably know it's hard to shoot you know yourself while you're in a barrel it's like shooting fish in a barrel only with people police warned last week that more bodies could turn up in the uh, country's largest reservoir originally the people who saw the remains thought that they might be uh Sheep, mountain goats, some sort of animal remains, but then they saw a jawbone with human teeth and realized that it was a human body. They also remembered sheep aren't six feet tall. The man um, who was found shot in the barrel had likely been killed sometime between the mid-1970s and early 1980s based on the type of shoes the victim was found to be wearing. The Jordans? I don't think Jordans were in the 1970s. Oh, good point. Bodies have become uncovered as Lake Mead's water level dropped to uh, 1,055 feet. That's the lowest that it's been since 1937, which is about the time that, you know, the mob would probably start throwing bodies into the water. <laughs> Both lakes were completely full as, uh, to, as late as 2000, but they are now roughly about 30%. Full of water. Yes. Right. Um, although it could be bodies. Who knows? Um, it's a body, they're body saying, of water. As the um, water level continues to drop, that they uh, expect that there could be more bodies that will be <laughs> revealing themselves, shall we say. Some guy's thinking to himself, wow, I'm glad I buried mine in the desert. <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, the, the rumors were that the mob took you you know, out to the desert and you mm-hmm. just never came back. However... Turned out it, somebody in the mob owned a boat. You had to, you had to think that maybe, you know, they would think, well, nobody's ever going to be able to find the body if we put it in Lake Mead. I mean, good grief, this thing is 2,000 feet do you, deep. Do you realize how much global warming there'd have to be for us to be discovered? <laughs> However, those people that probably had uh, put the bodies, um, you know, 
if this if this is indeed found to be mob related in some way, shape, or form, yeah, they may have been. You they, know, they they're long gone. They may have been bumped off by now. Anyway, yeah, they may they may be finding themselves at the bottom of Lake Mead. Anyway, how crazy is that? It's going to be months. They said before um, they're going to be able to do. Um, the investigation on you know who the person possibly might be that uh, on, was seen, shot. I've seen CSI. I know they're much faster than that. <laughs> well, apparently, when the body's been there for possibly forty or fifty years, maybe it takes a little bit more time. <laughs> like, hey, is anybody missing from Las Vegas fifty years, <laughs> 50 ago? years ago? Are you kidding? <laughs> is anybody not missing from Las Vegas fifty years ago? KBOI news time is 6.44, as we mentioned. There's a lot of time um, with the stock futures for the stock futures to change. We were up just a little while ago, about 275 points. We have already seen almost a 400-point swing, now down 133 points in just about 45 minutes. So anything can continue to happen. Remember, we keep you updated throughout the day. We'll check in with Jeremiah Bates again coming up here in uh, just about half an hour from right now. Find out... uh, guidance on uh, what continues to go on i think we have a couple of reports gdp report i think is out today uh we'll find out what that says to see if we can expect more inflation coming your way that gdp right now time for a check on what's going on with sports once again this morning brought to you by fat guys fresh deli and meridian the place to go for lunch and uh if you uh live in east boise and don't want to drive all the way to meridian you don't have to anymore because they've got a new location that opened up last week get in today fat guys fresh deli it's just off gallon road and the location that's been there forever, Meridian Road. Get into Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Good morning. Last night's NBA playoff games had two matchups last night. The first was in the East, where the Miami Heat were taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, with that series tied up at two games apiece going into the ball game. Here's a three-on-one Miami out of bio. Flips it up and in. 8-18 to go. Doc Rivers has seen enough. He calls for time with the Heat lead up to 29. The Heat shot the lights out last night, but they also did a pretty good job against James Harden, who was the big scorer in their last matchup. Harden with just 14 points and didn't shoot particularly well. For the Heat, well, all the starters <laughs> were hitting. Uh, Butler was the big scorer with 23 points last night, but they did get quite a bit of help off the bench last night in a 120-85 to victory over the 76ers. The other big game of the night was the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks, with that series also tied it to a piece. Paul will bring it into the front court for the Suns now. Paul drives over to the left side, weaves his way through a little traffic, goes low to eight and wide open for the game. And the Suns lead it by 13. The Suns went on to win 110-80 to last night in a game that was really not all that close. Got to hand it to what the Phoenix Suns have been able to do shooting the basketball, though. Devin Booker is a star. 28 points for him last night. Aiton, as you heard with the slam in that highlight, he had 20 points as well. And again, a 110-80 to victory for the Suns over the Mavericks. They lead that series three games to two. I'm Rick Worthington. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Coming up, uh, another chance for you to pick up your $50 DeLuca's gift certificate. DeLuca's Italian Restaurant in downtown Boise in the 8 o'clock hour. You'll have a chance to win. If you can answer our Casper and Chris, the near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. From first homes to forever homes, more people choose Berkshire Hathaway Home Services and uh, you can do that. 44th ranked in the world out of 1,500 offices across three continents, 12 countries, and right here in uh, Lolo, Idaho, they're ranked number 44th. If you need help with your real estate, call today, 208-888-4128. Our question, the President of the United States is the fifth highest paid world leader at $400,000 a year. Who's the highest paid world leader at $1.6 million a year? You know the answer. Stick around. Coming up after 8, we'll give you a chance to win that $50 gift certificate to DeLuca's. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. President Biden today delivers remarks that the White House says will focus on his plans to fight inflation and lower costs for working families. Officials say he'll try to draw a contrast between his approach to this issue and that of congressional Republicans. The president recently labeling the GOP, quote, ultra MAGA, referring to former President Trump's Make America Great Again agenda. President Biden said Monday night at a fundraiser that Democrats need to, quote, start talking more about what these guys are about, referring to Republicans. Or do something about inflation instead of just stop talking about it. Urging the uh, Democrats to produce some negative campaign ads? Probably. I don't know what he meant by that. Stop cashing your checks, uh, writes Mike at KBOI.com. I wish you guys would be more specific when discussing the present inflation woes. According to Milton Friedman, and I believe him, the government and the government alone causes inflation. This round of inflation came from cashing our stimulus checks from Biden and our state checks from Little. Both are counterfeit. Side note, I hate that you constantly giggle when discussing upsetting topics such as inflation. I'm sorry, stop cashing checks if that is your real name. But when Biden says stupid stuff, I can't help but laugh sometimes out loud. Calling it Putin price hike and saying nothing about government spending causing inflation is stupid and hilarious. It's laughable. He blamed it on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And what he described as greedy oil and meat companies price spikes rather than any government spending. He didn't blame government spending at all for causing inflation. That's why well, I laughed at it. Plus, if I didn't laugh at it, I'd probably cry. Would you rather have me cry? I can cry if you want. Might be interesting as a change. Uh, Senator Tom Scott, by the way, yesterday fired back saying we have 8.5 percent inflation we've got the highest gas prices ever we've got low labor participation we've got a gbt a gdp that is declining we've got mortgage rates skyrocketing we've got stock market going down low labor participation yeah there are over 11 million jobs available right now that's because most people already have a job isn't it well there's uh how many millions of people who are out of work i think there's more than 11 million people that are out of work so if you're out of work and getting unemployment, why aren't you filing, filing for one of those jobs? Apparently, at least partially by choice, right? Yeah, yeah. People are uh, quitting their jobs again last month. People are just resigning. They, they, they call it the great resignation. Now, is that because they have government money to spend? Anytime somebody you don't like leaves, it's a great resignation. Um, by the way, you know, if you, you, your headline in your email says, stop cashing your checks. 
you know, you can stop cashing your checks, too. If you want to bring your check in that you're going to get from the uh, state government, you have a tax rebate that is coming up. If you want to bring it into the station and rip it up live on the air, we'll let you. Is that the governor that wrote that? Well, it's the state. It's the governor that uh, sent out those checks in the legislature. Idaho, uh, didn't we stop cashing checks from the federal government as a state? what, What do you mean? In other words, every time the federal government offers us money, don't we turn it down first? That's news to me. Do we? Well, I think just as just as a gesture, we do. I I didn't know that we turned down money from the federal government occasionally. Have we recently? Not sure. Oh, yeah. I I didn't think we had turned down any government that was coming in from the uh, federal government. Well, I do think there are certain politicians running for office that want us to do that. Yeah. No, I would agree with that definitely. Uh, Rick and Eagle yesterday had he had written into us. Um, Towards the end of the show, we'd read his email. It said, Idaho is headed in a bad direction because conservatives believe that libertarians are the same. We know that while there are some commonalities, we are not aligned on the major issues. Conservative voters are lazy and just hope that the elections just happen. The Idaho GOP is in bad shape. And I called him very pessimistic when that came in and uh, in, in his outlook in the upcoming election and Republicans in general. And then after the show, he wrote back and said, hey, I'm new to your show. I love your show. First of all, thank you, Rick. I'm not a pessimist, but I see why you would say that. My input was brief and didn't have a lot of characters to expound. I'm intimately involved in Idaho politics and can categorically tell you the GOP is in trouble and the left is here to sweep up due to our misalignment. A lot of uh, pessimists just consider themselves realists. I will remain active in politics to be a part of the solution, not just a town crier. Rick and Eagle, thank you. Uh, That's the best thing that you said in that whole email. You know, instead of just complaining about it, helping to be a part of the solution is awesome. Marine Bob says, talk about inflation. Uh, Gee, now we have ultra mega people soon to balloon to super duper maximum ultra mega people. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing at that, but that's funny. Haven't you ever seen anybody who was made up for a rally that you go, well, now that's definitely a super duper maximum ultra mega person. Not yet, but now I'm going to be on the watch for it. By the way, um, the... uh, Report on Consumer Price Index came out this morning. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in just a little bit about it um, to find out exactly what it means. Because, I mean, we have televisions on and we see that the report came out. We haven't been able, because, you know, the show's going on, to be able to uh, find out, you know, exactly what is is and isn't said and what it what everything means. He'll be able to uh, help us out a little more with that when we talk with him coming up here in about 10 minutes. I will tell you that the report came out and... Since the report came out, we've seen about a 450-point swing in the stock market. Wow. So probably not good news. At one point this morning, as we started the show, we were up 275 points in the Dow Futures. We're now down 135 points. Uh, a few minutes ago, we were down over 200 points. So um, apparently, the uh, stock market not liking what was in the uh, CPI, Consumer Price Index report, that just came out this morning. But like I said, not sure exactly what was uh, in it, but we'll find out from Jeremiah Bates why apparently the stock market thinks that it, it it's bad. Um, and, of course, Biden admitting it, yesterday that inflation is a real tough problem. Yeah, none of it makes a great deal of sense, though. We keep seeing headlines that say, uh, you know, such and such company reported one of their best quarters ever, and then their stock fell like four points. The tech giants in the last four days of trading, this is just the last four days, 
have lost more than $1 trillion in value in four days. Microsoft. Lost it to whom? Because I'd like to get in on that. Just gone. Evaporated. Microsoft lost $189 billion in value over the last four days. Tesla. um, Remember when they were the first company ever in the world to have a valuation of $1 trillion? Tesla was? Yeah. You know what? What are they down to now? Uh, one hundred and ninety-nine billion. Wow, that's twenty uh, percent of what they used. To. Actually, it's nineteen percent of what they used to make. That's crazy losses. Amazon has declined one hundred seventy-three billion. Not Alphabet. My, not my fault. Google's umbrella company is worth one hundred and twenty-three billion less than it was last week. It's Alphabet. Alphabet. Facebook parent Meta Platforms has lost seventy billion dollars. All these, by the way, trade on the NASDAQ, which is probably why the NASDAQ is now down um, nearly 28% from its highs last year. That's a lot. Of, uh, $1 trillion See, in lost value. I hate that because you can think to yourself, wow, somebody's going to get their comeuppance. And, of course, they'll take millions of people with them. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, coming up, as I mentioned, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates. Find out what the CPI report actually means and why the uh, stock market didn't like it very much. That's on the way next. Right now, let's get another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and just off Gowan Road. And coming soon, a third location in Canyon County. That should be coming up in 2023. But for now, you have two different locations. Get in and find out today why they are rated as the number one deli in the entire state of Idaho. Good morning. Some sad news to report in the NBA today. Bob Lanier, the left-handed big man who muscled up beside the likes of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as one of the NBA's top players in the 1970s, died last night. He was 73. The NBA said in a statement that the legendary center died after a short illness. The Hall of Famer and eight-time All-Star had worked for the league as a global ambassador. Lanier played 14 seasons with the Detroit Pistons as well as the Milwaukee Bucks and averaged over 20 points and 10 boards a game for his career. He is third on the Pistons' career list in both points and rebounds. Detroit actually drafted Lanier with the number one overall pick back in 1970 after he led St. Bonaventure to the Final Four. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said Lanier was among the most talented centers in NBA League history and added that his accomplishments went far beyond what he did on the court. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 721, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper, Jeremiah Bates with us uh, once again to talk about your money. Jeremiah, um... The Consumer Price Index report had uh, come out this morning, and uh, we saw immediately right after it came out about a uh, 500-point swing in the Dow futures. That's not quite as bad as it was, although we are still in the red this morning. Um, the CPI showed that inflation slowed last month, but we still saw a big, huge drop in the uh, stock futures. It, it seemed like that that was positive news. What, what's going on? Yeah, it's kind of like an oxymoron what we're dealing with right now because we did see it slow down. However, it's still hot. (laughs) I mean, that's it's just the reality. So if we're looking at the year-over-year numbers, of course, we're still going to see that 
that core inflation, the, you know, excluding energy, um, we're going to see a high. But the problem was, was the expectation. The general consensus by many estimations on Wall Street was that we'll see it rise at a, at a slower rate, like meaning we're going to see this peak. Well, the number month over month came in higher than expected particularly for the core CPI, where you exclude food and energy, which those are historically uh, big, uh, volatile, they swing. So when you saw the gain of, you know, we didn't see it slow down enough of those expectations, then that spooked the market because, again, the Federal Reserve is top of mind right now. So if they're seeing these consistent high inflation numbers, we're not seeing it decelerate at a pace that is um, that kind of puts the markets at ease around what the Federal Reserve is going to do. Well, then it worries because then more aggressive rate hikes, kind of a faster rate hike by the Federal Reserve, which could then be kind of an error in policy. It could slow things down. Then we're kind of running into that recession con re recession conversation that we've had in the past. So, so it's kind of a double-edged sword here. It's good that from the fact that we didn't see it grow at the rate that we saw in March. Because if you look at March's uh, CP or in, uh, inflation growth that we saw, it grew at 1.2% month over month. So what we saw for April was 0.3%. So that's good. So the kind of silver lining that I see in this is we truly might, in fact, be seeing a top, right? We we could be seeing the peak inflation. So now the the... The really the idea or the mindset's changing to okay, how fast does it close? Does it slow down? But what we're seeing today is that uh, the big picture on inflation is that it, it's probably going to remain painfully higher for a while, but hopefully we do start to see it decelerate month over month, kind of like we saw today. The problem with today is it came in lower. True, it just didn't come in as low as what people expected. So we saw that adjustment in the market. It was a big swing, like you said. I have learned that uh, there are misnomers in uh, investing. In, in fact, UST, which is known as stable coin, uh, was meant to stay at about a dollar, uh, to you know, to to uh, be interchangeable with the U.S. dollar. However, this morning it's worth thirty-one cents. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing some turbulence in the uh, in the cryptocurrency world, and you know that's something that I definitely want to chat about more. Uh, tomorrow, because I, I think it's very interesting. There's some nuance and some dynamics of why we saw that drop. But that is, again, that's kind of an oxymoron, right? Where you have a stable coin that isn't so stable, clearly. I mean, it's it's pegged to the U.S. dollar, and the U.S. dollar is a dollar, and now this coin is worth, uh, what, under 50 cents? Yeah. So there's just a lot of problem with the plumbing on that, with the liquidity, which I definitely want to get in tomorrow, because I think it's important to have enough time to explain that. But we're seeing that. I mean, what we're seeing in the cryptocurrency world right now, it's, uh, I mean, it's buyer be warned. There's a lot of dynamics that function, that make that market function that are not similar to the to, to the standard stock market, which some people are proponents of. So there's a kind of the T chart. There's pros and cons, and we're clearly seeing the con side right now when you have what's a quote unquote stable coin that again not so stable and dropped significantly. Well, and it it is interesting to uh, follow along because all, all the time the uh, you make makers of some of these digital currencies were saying this you know could be an alternative, a great alternative to the stock market because it doesn't follow the stock market. Although we're finding now that digital currencies also kind of follow the stock market, whether it goes up or down, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it. in my opinion, it put that conversation completely to bed because in theory, yeah, I mean, you have a different asset class. It, it functions differently. It's kind of uh, incentivized to buy and hold, and there's different avenues that you can do with these digital assets. Well, clearly, when you see the stock market down, when you see this uh, significant selling pressure in these previous days like we've had, the cryptocurrency market is is dropping just as much, if, if not more, because you just had all that speculation and all those funds in there, right? So I think what we're seeing now is just a lot of people getting shaken out just based on the volatility that we haven't seen. I mean, over the past couple of years, you've seen a lot of these meme coins. You've seen a lot of these stable coins have significant growth, significant returns. And now we're seeing a lot of people get shaken out just from these uh, these wild swings that we've had in the past couple of days. But I definitely want to talk about that sta- that stable coin because I think it's important. It's important for people to know the the downside risk that these cryptocurrencies do in fact have, and in understanding, it's very important. All right, we'll do that uh, coming up tomorrow morning when we talk to you again. And of course, as usual, we'll get an update after the stock market opens up here in just a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, and hear from you again in an hour from now. Thanks, gentlemen. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 743. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always be a uh, part of the show by calling us at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Email chris at kboi.com. Mike at KBY.com. Don't forget, this Friday we are headed for another hometown breakfast. Napa, we're headed your way. First time in a few years we've been uh, actually to the city of Napa. I think the airport restaurant is Mm -hmm. the last time we were in Napa. That was good. Yeah. Uh, We're headed to Bob's Restaurant and Lounge in Napa, I-84 in Franklin, right next to the Shiloh Inn. Family owned and operated. Uh, you can let Bob serve you one of their 10 choices of omelets. You got biscuits and gravy, steak and eggs, pancakes, whole lot more. And of course, We'll be there once again, letting you sign up to win tickets for the Jackson's Country Stomp coming up in June or the uh, David Spade stand-up comedy show, Netflix stand-up comedy show that is coming up in October at the Morrison Center. And once again, the only people that are going to have a chance to win these tickets are people who show up to the Hometown Breakfast mm-hmm. brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. You, you don't have to be there for the drawing, no. but you have to show up the day of the drawing and register. There you go. And these are going to be, this week, I know we had a huge prize package of packets. One person won all of our tickets last week. We had Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block, Jackson Country Stomp, and David Spade. One lucky person won all of those last week. We'll have two separate drawings this week for these tickets. So two winners just show up sometime between 6 and 10 this Friday. Huge thanks to Cloverdale Plumbing once again for making these possible as we go out. Get a chance to meet you, and uh, hopefully if you live in the Nampa area, you will uh, stop by coming up this week. Reminder, Congressman Russ Fulcher due to be with us coming up this morning at 835. Have uh, questions for the congressman? Please feel free to get those in, 208 336-3700. Three three six thirty seven hundred. Uh more importantly, that's our text number. If you want to text them into us, you can also email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. But gonna be interesting uh to find out if he's gonna be part of the open hearing next week. The House Congress is going to hold the first open hearing about UFOs in fifty years beginning next week. Hmm. I wonder if they have new information. That's what I'm wondering. Or if they have hard evidence facts or if it's like we can't explain this it's got to be some sort of ufo or alien that's the u and ufo there you go unidentified so uh we'll ask him about that we'll talk a little bit more about it uh congress to hold the first open hearing about ufos in 50 years will be uh happening next week kby news time 745 
Time for a final check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and off Gowan Road. That's right, a new location. Don't forget, today is Wednesday. Wednesday, one of their most popular soups. Jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar. Get in today and find out why they've been rated number one deli in the state of Idaho. Good morning. There was NBA basketball on last night for the playoffs. There was NHL playoffs on last night. But a lot of people were paying attention to what was going on last night in Los Angeles, where a rookie pitcher was trying to throw a no-header against the Tampa Bay Rays. Two and two, the count. And here's the next delivery. It's chopped to short. This should do it. The throw to first. It's a no-hitter. It's a no-hitter. Reed Dippers in just his 11th Major League start pitches a no-hitter. That's the 13th in Angels history. He's being mobbed by his teammates over by the first base area. A historical night tonight at the Big A. And that is how it unfolded last night in Los Angeles as their rookie left-hand pitcher Reed Detmers pitched a no-hitter in that 12-0 victory over the Tampa Bay Rays at Angels Stadium. It was the second no-hitter of the season. For the Angels, it was, as you heard, the 12th in franchise history. The closest play to a hit came with one out in the top of the seventh when Tampa Bay's Brett Phillips hit a medium-hard grounder to the right of first baseman Jared Walsh. The ball bounced off Walsh's glove, then he dropped the ball trying to get Phillips, uh, but with the no-hitter on the line, it was called an error. There was also one walk in the game, which is why it wasn't a perfect game either. Nevertheless, a big victory last night for the rookie left-hander. Congratulations to the Angels and to Reed Detmers. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 753, phone lines are open if you want to take part in the show. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email us, mike at KBOI.com, chris at KBOI.com. Stock market is open, and uh, as of right now, Dow is up 265 points. Good news. Lon wrote in to say the governor and director of labor for the state refused to take the unemployment money from the feds and distribute it to those who lost their jobs because little shut down business because they weren't essential. Many of my ex-employees are still struggling while trying to be retrained. Forced to shut down my business last month as the current administration thinks we can all afford $100,000 electric cars while they have all of us pay to fuel their gas-guzzling SUVs and drivers. I don't know if, as far as I know, and maybe this was different money, but you and I both received unemployment from the federal government through the state. Um, Apparently there was more. The state did take unemployment, (laughs) I know for a fact, because people got an extra, what was it, 300 and some dollars a month in in federal money for people who were unemployed during the pandemic. You and I, um, we were forced to take a furlough, which normally you wouldn't get unemployment for. But the federal government had given money to the state, so we yeah, got true. paid. And tax-free as well. Yeah, tax-free for, for that unemployment while we were forced to take furlough from our company. So I know that the state did get federal monies for unemployment. Now, maybe there was some that we did turn down, but we didn't turn all of it down. Yeah. You remember, uh, you know who actor James Cromwell is, don't you? Yeah, tall dude. He was um, yeah, Babe, stretch, stretch, the city. stretch Cunningham on All in the Family originally. 
uh, L.A. Confidential. He's an Oscar uh, nominee. He was nominated for an Oscar for Babe. Farmer Hoggett. He uh, glued himself to a Starbucks counter in New York yesterday. On purpose? Yeah. To protest? The fact that they charge more for vegan milk options at Starbucks. Take a listen. Starbucks has admitted that cow's milk is the company's biggest contributor to its carbon footprint. And Starbucks agreed that vegan milks are a big part of the solution, but it still charges for them. Um, he took a uh, pocket knife and pried himself loose after police showed up so he didn't get arrested. So this was like super glue then? Super glue, yes. Okay. Uh, Starbucks outlets in the United States apparently charge 50 cents to a dollar more for drinks made with plant-based milk. Yeah, I probably would have just stood up on a chair and addressed everyone. I don't think he I doesn't have to stand up on a chair. He's like six foot seven. Yeah, that's true. Um, here's here's the thing: the reason Starbucks probably charges more is because it costs more to get that milk than it does to get dairy milk. You know how small a hand you have to find somebody with really small hands that can milk an almond, <laughs> because almond teats are so much smaller than cows. Same with mm-hmm. same with coconuts. Even they, though coconuts are bigger than almonds, you they just have ver- very small teeth. Have that disadvantage of not being mammals. <laughs> so I I don't think it's anything nefarious. I I think it's the fact that the the vegan milk costs more to produce than dairy milk. I am utterly shocked. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless. The great one, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Those are important numbers to know and maybe lock into your speed dial for a chance to get a $50 gift certificate to DeLuca's Italian Restaurant in downtown Boise in Bodo, one of the few Italian restaurants that you can go to in downtown Boise. Chance to win with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question on the way here in just about 20 minutes. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Once again, if you're looking for real estate, whether uh, maybe buying your dream home, maybe you're just looking to move up into a bigger home, your family is growing, you want to sell, or maybe even invest inside the state or outside the country, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services can help you. Call 208-888-4128. Our question today, the uh, President of the United States makes about $400,000 a year, making him the fifth highest paid leader in the world. Our question today, who is the highest paid world leader? Give you a little bit of a hint. This person makes about $1.6 million a year. If you know know, uh, who that world leader is, be ready to call and you can win coming up in 20 minutes. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 806, uh, coming up here in about half an hour. Congressman Russ Fulcher will be with us live from Washington, D.C. If you do have questions you want to get to us, we'll have him uh, on with us for uh, probably around 20 minutes or so. Usually have a chance to get some of your questions in. If you have one, email us right now. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. You can also uh, text us. Uh, our main number is 208-336-3700. That's the uh, same 
as our text line number so you can text your question in. If we have a chance, we'll get to as many as those as possible. News story you may have heard uh, this morning or read about. We've had it in uh, our news here on uh, News Talk KBOI. Um, wanted to talk a, a few minutes about it because there are a couple of humorous things uh, about the story, and that is that the Idaho Secretary of State's office has issued two fines for violations of campaign finance reporting laws in the run-up to our primary next Tuesday. That's not the uh, humorous part of it, by the way. Uh, humorous part, Chad Hawk, Chief Deputy Secretary of State, said that many of the complaints that his office receives either involve local races or have been referred to counties or uh, are about issues not covered in campaign finance laws. And among those are, we get phone calls about here at our radio station all the time, and that's lying in a campaign ad. We've had numerous phone calls from people calling up and saying, you have to delete that commercial. You can't run that commercial because they're lying about the candidate. Unfortunately, we we by law cannot stop running a campaign ad just because somebody decides to lie about a candidate. It's a civil issue, according to the Deputy uh, Secretary of State. There's no campaign finance violation as long as you disclose how you paid for the ad in which you lied, stretch the truth, or whatever it is. is that oh, I, so those are legally two different things? Yeah. Okay. He said they don't control whether someone lies in an ad or not. That would be something that you would have to take up in civil court and sue them for libel. You made your commercial, now lie in it. He said, I know that sounds weird, but we have to stick with what we can regulate. Mm. And the uh, state does not regulate people lying in their campaign ads. And I think you would all agree in listening to the ads for the last... At over a month that you hear, and, and we play them here, at least every spot break has at least one, it seems like. Well, one person says, this good thing was my fault, this bad thing was his fault. And the other person says, no, the good thing was my fault, the bad thing was his fault. One of them is lying. Yeah. Or just seeing it incorrectly. Now, the two fines that were talked about in the news story issued so far were two North Idaho Republicans for failing to register as political committee and file reports before purchasing an advertisement in the Coeur d'Alene Press. They were fined $2,500 uh, for that. Uh, the other humorous fine, and this is my opinion that it's humorous, You're uh, was, a lot here. was to Ed Humphrey's campaign um, for failing to note on an edited Glenn Beck video published on Facebook that the campaign paid to produce the video. Mm. Now, the humorous part comes, they were fined $250, by the way. Um, the humorous part on this comes the Humphreys campaign issue came to light after the campaign posted the edited video on Facebook. And then the uh, Lieutenant Governor McGeehan campaign, she is also running for governor, right. picked up the clip and then copied it and posted it onto it their campaign Facebook page as well as McGeehan's personal Twitter feed. What is it, just slam without, little? Without permission, yeah. Oh, okay. The video was an edited clip of Glenn Beck disparaging Idaho Governor Brad Little, saying he didn't believe Little would win the upcoming GOP primary. The Humphreys campaign sent out a press release April 28th accusing the McGeehan campaign of plagiarism, saying, quote, this is unacceptable and unethical. The campaign also posted a meme saying crooks and career politicians think stealing is okay. Ed Humphreys campaign created the video on 428. Janice Meehan campaign stole the video, they said. The guy that made the video for Humphrey sent a letter to McGeehan saying if she didn't take it down, he was going to bill her for it. 
Her response Mm -hmm. was, it didn't say paid for by anybody, so I didn't know you built it. And that she thought that it was Glenn Beck video and the reason why she pasted it to her own page. So when she found that out, she filed a complaint that he didn't put paid for by (laughs) the Humphreys campaign. Which which is what got her into trouble. Which got him into trouble. He got the fine for $250. So apparently, legally, you know, she wouldn't, she, if this was a Glenn Beck video that he posted and was public, she could have posted it. Um, you know, unfortunately for, for the Humphreys campaign, um, it was their video. They did so you, produce it. They you, did own it. But the unfortunate part was it didn't say paid for, which got his back end in a ringer. So you do uh, actually have to uh, use your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hawk said he had advised the Humphreys campaign to add the paid-for line, but it, they didn't do so, so his office issued the fine yesterday. Hawk said in most cases, his office will try to work with campaigns to get them to comply rather than immediately imposing fines. That's nice of them, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a cool thing. The, the, the secretary's office you know, doesn't immediately go, oh, you broke the law, here's your $2,500 fine. Or in the case of the Humphreys campaign, they got a two hundred and fifty dollars fine. They right. they actually try to work with them and get them to fix it before they just run out fining everybody. Boy, it's just like people claim all the other government offices are, and yet they're not. It's kind of a nice thing for them. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know about you, but in my opinion, I thought both of those things were kind of uh, interesting. So for those of you people who. Call us up. First of all, don't call us up when you hear a campaign ad. We have no control over the input on the ad. As long as it's legal, we well, we have to run. It. And and uh, with uh, what is left of the equal time law, which is not a lot, we do have to offer the same amount of uh, commercial time and the same costs to every candidate. And we can't. We're not allowed to edit it. No, legally, we can't allow to a- edit it unless it's something. Now we we can tell them they can't run it if if you know they want to put in words that are not allowed by the FCC because it would not be the campaign that would get fined yeah. if somebody put the F you get, word you in get their fined. Cam- campaign ad. We would get fined. You for get that. fined for cursing, but not for lying. Yes, lying is perfectly okay. I don't want to say it's perfectly okay. It lying's not okay, but it's not jailable. Yeah, it, and it's it, for us and our purposes. If somebody wants to lie in their campaign ad. We have no control over that, even though, I'll be honest, Chris and I sit here every morning and we listen to ads and we'll hear somebody say something and go, wait a minute, that's not true. <laughs> you that's probably true. We do, do that, that an awful lot. You probably do the same thing. You're in your car driving to work going, what the heck are they talking about? Um, that That's just campaign and politics in America right now, I guess. It's like, well, I didn't agree with what he did, but... I didn't realize he was actually a card-carrying communist, too. See, that would that would not be illegal, too. If, if you wanted to put that in your campaign ad, it may not be true, like but that. it's not illegal to say that about somebody. You like that phrase, card-carrying? Mm-hmm. Uh, clear back in, in 1988, when George H.W. Uh, Bush was up against Mike Dukakis for president, uh, George Bush kept saying that Mike Dukakis was a card-carrying member of the ACLU. And people said, well, what's wrong with that? Civil liberties. And they, they said, uh, no, just to say card carrying makes him sound like a communist party member. <laughs> uh, did he, they act- he, he didn't carry a card. Nobody I did. I was going to say, did they actually have cards? No. Uh, okay. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Also, uh, coming up here for you this morning, we had Governor Brad Little on with us yesterday. Um, it's, it's kind of a little bit frustrating. We have him on with us. And we specifically asked him the question, remember this, mm-hmm. about you know the surplus at the start of the year when the legislature got underway, figuring out how they were going to spend their money and what the budget was going to be. The surplus was at $1.9 billion. And we we understood that during Congress, or during the legislature rather, as they were going through um, spending on education, infrastructure, and uh, giving us tax rebates, pretty much all of that money was spent. And we asked the governor yesterday if, you know, money had been built up again and we were seeing a surplus. He said that we were seeing a surplus. Um, I think what he mentioned, uh, if I remember, and this is best memory off the top of mind, I think I think he said six or seven hundred million dollars i think is what he said i don't remember the exact thing we were up to um and uh we we ask is is, you know is is that because we're spending too much in taxes we're going to see tax cuts um and uh he kind of danced around it a little but then later in the day he uh had a uh another one of his uh press junkets and uh talked about another tax cut coming for for idahoans and uh saying that uh tax Revenues in April, um, about $1.2 billion for the state. Which sounds good. Yeah, it's, it sounds great. And uh, officials said Idaho could have about a $1.3 billion surplus when the current fiscal year, year ends, which, by the way, is June 30th. So we were at $1.9 billion. That money, most of that was spent by the uh, legislature during the most recent legislative session or is due to be spent. Some of those checks haven't been written as of yet, um, but it looks like we're billing to uh, more than a billion-dollar surplus. We'll talk a little bit more about this. Uh, how would you like to see that money spent a uh, little Earlier this year, signed into a law, a record $600 million income tax cut that includes a one-time $350 million rebate. People have already started to receive those. Would, would you like to see another rebate coming your way? Would you like to see another cut or a direct deposit into your account? Or would you like to see this money spent in another way? We'll talk about this coming up after 9 o'clock. If you'd like to weigh in, go ahead and do that right now. You can uh, email us, mike at kboi.com or chris at kboi.com. Stick around on the way after we get the traffic and weather here. We've got uh, another chance to get yourself a $50 gift certificate once again to DeLuca's Italian Restaurant in downtown Boise with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question on the way here in just a minute. The night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 824, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Doug, going to get first crack at her question. President of the United States, fifth highest paid world leader, $400,000 a year. Who is the highest paid world leader? Vladimir Zelensky. Vladimir Zelensky? Of Ukraine? Okay, no, that is not That is not it. Keep keep trying. Uh, Lisa, President of the United States, makes $400,000 a year, making him the fifth high-paid world leader. Who is the highest-paid world leader? That'd be the Prime Minister of Singapore, Ling Hussein Lu. Okay, we'll go with that name. That's true. Uh, you made it sound convincing anyway, but all we needed was Prime Minister of Singapore, and yes, as Chris said, that is true. $1.6 million a year. <sighs> He's on top, followed by Hong Kong, Australia, 
and Switzerland. Congratulations, Lisa. You've got a $50 gift certificate to uh, don't the you, Lucas. Don't you suppose the, uh, the, ca- the campaign for that job would have to be nasty, wouldn't it? $1.6 million salary? <laughs> See, if I win, I get $1.6 million a year. If I lose, I get nothing. How much lying do you think goes on in that campaign? I don't know. Just... Congratulations. Hang on the line. If you didn't win this morning, don't worry. we got more chances for you. We'll give away uh, DeLuca's gift certificate both tomorrow and Friday. Yes, we'll do it Friday also while we are out at uh, Bob's Restaurant for breakfast. Don't forget, you want to get in and uh, join us. We've got uh, our hometown breakfast at Bob's next to the Shiloh just off the freeway in Napa. That's where we're going to be coming up Friday, 6 until 10. Invite you to stop on in and uh, join us. It's I-84 in Franklin, as I mentioned, right next to the Shiloh Inn. Great breakfast items for you and the chance to win David Spade stand-up comedy tickets for his Netflix tour that's going on. It'll be here in October at the Morrison Center, and we'll have a pair of tickets to the Jackson's Country Stomp that we'll be giving away. Once again, only people who stop by for the hometown breakfast on Friday morning will be in on those grand prize drawings, so really, really good chance to win because you're only competing against other people who have come out for breakfast. So we'll see you at 6 to 10 Friday at Bob's Restaurant and Lounge in Nampa. Stick around. Coming up here next, we're due to talk with Congressman Russ Fulcher, live from Washington, D.C. Final chance if you have a question for the congressman, get that in right now. Mike at KBY.com or Chris at KBY.com. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 838, Congressman Russ Fulcher uh, with us here this morning. A variety of subjects we want to get to, but I thought I would start with the uh, most recent. Last night, apparently, there was a uh, vote. Sending a, a whole bunch more money to uh, Ukraine in support of Ukraine in the war against Russia. Yeah, and uh, uh, I saw that for the first. We all saw that, uh, at least on the Republican side, for the first time at about three o'clock in the afternoon. And this is forty forty billion dollars, an incremental forty billion dollars uh, after we've already appropriated. X billion and uh, has not yet been spent. Um, I struggle with that. I, I wound up going no on that vote, not because I don't want to uh, support the Ukrainians, but we still have unspent money that we haven't that we haven't uh, uh, released yet. Uh, it, you know, the, the issue with with the Ukrainian situation is we were very late in uh, engaging on this uh, when we did engage. Uh, it, it takes a while to get military equipment there, get them trained on it. And, uh, and we, we, frankly, we don't have the money. This is all debt spending. And so uh, my argument on the floor was to say, look, let's, let's uh, uh, execute on what we've already committed on. And let's evaluate at that point and, uh, and then take it from there. But uh, it overwhelmingly passed. I mean, I think there was... 60 of us or thereabouts that uh, that opposed it. But that's what went down. There's going to be a, another $40 billion that's uh, now in front of the Senate. We'll see what they do. But that was the overall situation. You said uh, this is debt spending because I was going to ask, where does this money come from? What exactly does that mean? Well, it means we don't have it. And that means so that, we're printing uh, more money. We do an appropriate. Yes. Every time we do an appropriation, basically, we're telling your grandkids and great grandkids and children that, uh, hey, listen, you got another bill to pay. And 
Uh, you know, I just you got to take that seriously. And, and uh, yes, it is a serious situation over there, but we have mismanaged this. We have uh, not executed well. And uh, the only thing that we've proven we're good at is spending money. And, and uh, you know, just to say, all right, we're going to throw some more money at this and we're going to feel good about it. And we're going to go tell the world we're making a difference. Um, I, I think there's just more to it than that. And uh, hopefully the Senate will see it that way. But we're going to find out right away. Would you have voted yes on a smaller amount of money? Uh, not until we have executed on what we have already appropriated. There's at least, it's somewhere between 6 and $7 billion that's out there from the last appropriation that we haven't, uh, we haven't spent, we haven't delivered. And, you know, there's another factor here. Uh, and I've been to Ukraine. I've met with the, the, the leaders there. They, it is a corrupt government. Uh, it, it just is. And, and I don't think there's any, any surprise to anyone. Uh, they have a, a lot of military leaders that, uh, um, you know, kind of do their own thing. And so you got to be very careful where you put the resources, where you put the money, where you put the military equipment. And so it's not an automatically quick process. And, um, Let's utilize, in my opinion, I think we should utilize what we've already committed uh, before we start uh, uh, spending more money that we don't have. This kind of ties into this. Uh, the president yesterday uh, in an address blamed COVID-19 pandemic, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and uh, what he described as greedy oil and meat companies price spikes for our high inflation right now, saying that it's not government spending that is causing this. Are things like this forty billion, and this is just a you know small amount that the uh, U.S. Has, has given to help the Ukraine in their fight? But are, are spending things like this the the uh, the one point nine trillion dollar package that was passed um, late last year, early this year? Do you agree with that? Is, is it, does that cause any spike in inflation at all? Even though he says government spending does not cause it, I think what the president said in my opinion, is, is purely bunk. Uh, it is our own policy. This is of our own doing. We didn't have this issue a year and a half ago. Um, and, and that's because we were, it starts off with your energy independence. We, we knowingly, policy-wise, shut that off, which made us dependent on, uh, on other economies. And so you try to make up for that by, by uh, firing up the, the printing presses. And then you do, you know, the, the CARES Act, the uh, COVID stuff clearly had an impact. Uh, and that was a massive, massive expenditure. And so to cover for that, you fire up the printing presses again, you dilute the money supply, you raise the prices at the gas pump, the grocery store, and everywhere else. Uh, this was policy that we set. And uh, granted, there was some of that that uh, we were in unknown territory, and that was with the, the COVID uh, spending and, and whatnot. But uh, it, it, in hindsight, there's a lot of lessons to be learned here, and I wish the president would just sell it, say it like it is instead of trying to cover himself. Say, no, hey, look, we made some mistakes here, and uh, we're going to go to work on trying to, to fix them. But he didn't, so uh, so we're having to, to uh, go about it in different ways. But uh, in my opinion, what he said was bunk. It's policy that's causing this problem. The, the consumer confidence in the economy and the markets is very poor, and economies run on that. And uh, we're seeing the results of it every time we try to buy something. The the president famously pledged to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 50%. Do you see anything related to climate passing for him anytime soon? D- does Congress want to pass something about climate? 
you know, I, I don't. That is, is one of those things that just has not been on the radar much. I have to tell you, and not that it's not important, but it's it's not getting a lot of airtime in the halls of, of Congress right now. And uh, I think people are are more concerned about what we just talked about prior. But uh, that being said, uh, we've got to remind ourselves: the United States of America has reduced our emissions on a year-over-year basis since the mid-1980s. And, and so there's not like there's any efforts going on there. Um, what, what more can you do there? You try to influence your, your neighbors, the real offenders. The, the vast majority of those gases come from the, from the Chinese and the Indians. And, and so, uh, it, you know, it's difficult to control what they do. Uh, but if you focus on some of the policies we have, for example, where we've shut off our own mining, we've shut off uh, a, a lot of, of our own manufacturing in the name of, in, of the environment, saying, hey, you know, we, we, uh, we don't want to do this, so we're going to buy all of our minerals from China or India or Russia or wherever. They go out, they mine it, they produce it, they kick a lot more into the atmosphere than we ever would. And then we say we're doing something about uh, greenhouse gases or emissions. That's it's just not smart. And uh, you know, as you you probably picked up on, I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in the in the current leadership and policies we have. Congressman Russ Fulcher live with us this morning. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Um, you know, we we were we saved the best for last. Uh, something that everybody has been talking about since it happened. That's the leak from the Supreme Court uh, when it comes to overturning Roe versus Wade. We'll get your thoughts on that subject when we come back right after this. News Talk KBOI News Time eight forty six. Download the six seventy KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.52, Congressman Russ Fulcher with us uh, once again this morning. Congressman, uh, let's save the best for last here this morning. Wanted to get your thoughts on the leak from the Supreme Court from the standpoint uh, standpoint of the leak itself and also um, what overturning Roe versus Wade would mean. Let's, let's, start, let's start with your thoughts uh, specifically on the leak. Well, I believe that's the first time it's happened uh, in history, as far as I know, which is a significant deal in and of itself, which makes you wonder why. What was the real motive behind whoever leaked this? I hope that we find out at some point in time, uh, but it is a major, uh, major decision. It's a major reversal, of course, as you know. Most people still don't understand that uh, if that does get reversed, that abortions would be legal. Uh, what it means is that the decisions go independently, individually to each state, which in my opinion is where it belongs anyway. But uh, that's what would happen. Now, uh, as a result of this, uh, Chuck Schumer on the Senate side is releasing a bill today that reportedly would just legalize uh, abortions at the federal level, override what the states say, and just make it legal nationwide. Uh, a far, it's a far more aggressive position than where it currently stands since 1973 with the current current position of the court. So we're waiting to see um, what that legislation looks like. Another thing a lot of people don't realize is that the House actually passed a similar bill months ago. Uh, it was a very partisan, controversial vote, but the House passed it. So one of, I guess, technically three things is going to happen out of the Senate. They're either going to take that House version 
make some leave it exactly the same, which they typically don't do. But that's one option. The other thing is they could modify it slightly. If they modify it slightly and pass it, it would it would then go to what's called a conference committee to to, to solve it. Uh, and it's a small group of both uh, House and Senate members uh, to Senate the president. Uh, or they could write a whole new bill, and in which case it would have to come over to the House and be voted on again. So, uh, obviously, my my personal position is uh, is a very life stance related, and so I'm looking at this thing and, and how to how to uh, stop it. Frankly, uh, this does belong to the states and the decision makers at the state level. And uh, but that's where that stands. Uh, but it's definitely created an uproar and you know questionable confidence in the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. Congress is holding hearings on uh, UFOs apparently this week. Now, will you be involved in this at all? And do you know why this is important right now? Well, uh, Chris, I think uh, I think instead I'll just uh, hit the pause button and go run for president of Singapore. I heard that one point six million. <laughs> Uh, that, that would be that smart. 1.6 million salary uh, in your previous segment. Uh, that sounded pretty good to me. Um, no, I'm not going to be participating in the UFO hearings. Not that it's not important and not that it's not interesting. Uh, but there's a couple other things on the agenda that I'm guessing that uh, the people of Idaho would rather have me uh, dealing with or attempting to deal with right now. You may so, be right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Thoughts on, um, we've seen this week, protesters trying to intimidate the Supreme Court justices by going to their homes. Does there need to be a law that you're not allowed to intimidate judges by calling it a protest and then protesting in front of their homes? Uh, is this something that Congress should should be weighing in on? You know, I, it's, it's, I don't know that I have a good answer to that. I, I, I'd hate to see just throwing more laws at things, but um, we had a conversation of this internally with our with uh, my staff this morning, and I, I just I just don't like this practice. I mean, when you when you are in an elected office or in a leadership role, you know you're you're free game in the sense that people uh, can rightly and correctly protest you. They can argue. They can say things. Uh, I just personally believe that that should happen at the place of work, uh, at, at your office, and uh, be targeted there as opposed to your residence. Because the residence, let's face it, I mean, it, it targets your spouse, it targets your family, it targets your neighbors, and that's a form of intimidation. And uh, I, I just, I personally think that should be out of bounds. I think I have to fall short of saying let's go create a law because then you get. Uh, it's a real slippery slope yeah. with First Amendment things, which I'm sensitive about. But, uh, yeah, All I, right. it's shouldn't happen. Congressman Russ Fulcher, thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again. Always appreciate you. Thank you. KBY Newstime, uh, 858. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless News. Coming up next, we'll get to your phone calls and emails coming up. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. 
you want to get through and take part in the show, we always encourage that. Uh, if you would uh, also uh, like to email, you can do that. Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. Plenty of ways to uh, take part in the show. You can also uh, send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. Or uh, you can text us. That's same as our main number, 208-336-3700. I know Governor Brad Little was on with us uh, yesterday morning. We had specifically asked him a question uh, about, you know, where where our budget stands. We had a a $1.9 billion surplus uh, from our our budget earlier this year in January for the uh, legislature started uh, deciding where to spend the money. Um, This is what he had to say on our show yesterday. The governor talked about how the state allocated last year's big budget surplus, but said not all of it was spent. And once again, we're looking at a sizable surplus in Idaho. We'll end our fiscal year in the end of June, and I think it's going to be somewhere between 500 and $700 million more. And he said, obviously, he's very concerned about inflation and hinted about future tax decreases. The last thing Idahoans need is any kind of a threat of an increase in taxes. We need to continue to lower taxes and continue to lower the cost of government on both state and local government. Governor Little also touted how well Idaho did financially during and recovering from the pandemic. So $1.9 billion surplus surplus in January. A good portion of that was spent, but as he said, there was some of that left over that was not spent, but we are headed into what officials say uh, could be a $1.3 billion surplus again when the current Mm -hmm. fiscal year ends June 30th. Good. A little earlier this year, signed, you might remember, into law a record $600 million income tax cut that included a one-time $350 million in rebate checks. Some of you have probably, as a matter of fact, we've heard from some of you who have already received your checks. Every, every taxpayer in the state will get a minimum of a $75 per person check. So if you have a family of four, you can take that times four or 12% of uh, the amount you paid in state income tax, whichever is more. We also received $250 million in permanent income tax reductions going forward for people in and businesses. A lot of this comes because April revenue included about $700 million uh, in income tax and $300 million in corporate income tax. So we had, and that's when I say April revenue, because uh, all the taxes were due on April 15th. Yeah. So, except for the people that put off paying their taxes or haven't paid them as of yet. What was it, April 18th, actually, right? April 18th this year, yeah. Um, You know, there's uh, a billion dollars in uh, tax revenue that came in in April. Now, granted, not all of that just goes to the surplus. My question for you would be this. I mean, I haven't even, I don't know if it doesn't sound like you had, unless it's over the last couple of days. Uh, You and I haven't received our checks yet. No. For the state uh, rebates, but some people have. Is that where you want to see this money going? Because it looks like we're going to be over a billion dollars by June 30th. Who knows where that's going to be if we still continue to see businesses uh, and people doing well in the state by the start of the legislature next year. Um, you know, by the, by the way it looks like it, we could be close to $2 billion in surplus again if it continues to go up like it has I, um, in the last few months. I, I don't know. I, I like to. I would like to earmark all of that for some sort of infrastructure. Uh, whether it's simply getting internet to everybody in the state or improving more roads and bridges, things like that. On the other hand, if you're asking me, do I mind getting a check in the mail? The answer is always uh, no. 
I don't mind. So you basically then would like to see if they're not going to the do if, three if, different ways, maybe well, spread out if, three if different ways. If, if they're not going to uh, use it on infrastructure, uh, yeah, I, I imagine I'll just uh, cash the check if they send it to me. And uh, I mean, I here's the thing: if we we keep seeing these increases, we, we are obviously paying too much in taxes. Corporations paying too much in taxes because that's what this is. It's it's a surplus based on how much money. We're paying in taxes, mm-hmm. so a tax cut would be, so, in, be in line, probably. Yeah, shouldn't I mean I, I'm okay with having a, a surplus, but man, every six months seeing a, another billion dollars in surplus just sitting there, yeah. it, uh, it, 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 it seems like a lot of money it, just it sitting is, there doing nothing. It is better than the state going bankrupt, but but yeah, yeah I, I I will I say underst- that yeah. I understand that when when the state has money, it means I personally don't. The uh, you know the, the flip side of this is this is a way better problem to have than if you're sitting there with a, mil- a billion-dollar yeah. deficit going, gosh, what are we going to do? We're going to have to raise taxes on all the uh, residents in the state of Idaho to make up for this. So this, is a, this is a good is, problem to have. All we need is 20 bucks. Where can we get it? <laughs> um, but your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It looks like we're going to have a surplus that the legislature will get to spend money on coming up in the uh, next budget year. Um, and and it, it looks like, as of right now, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be in the billions of dollar ranges. What would you like to see it personally spent on? This is just your opinion. Do you want to? Do you want another check from the uh, states giving you money back that you've paid in on taxes? Because this is your money. I mean, we're not talking about money that's being printed by the federal yeah. government given to the state. This is your tax dollars that you as a taxpayer have paid in. How would you like to get some of that money now that it's too much money and we have? Would you, would you like it to just stay with the government? That That's an uh, option too. Just No, do, have them keep it for a rainy day. We don't know what's going to happen with inflation. Do something significant that benefits everybody or just give it back. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you'd like to weigh in. Like I said, there's no wrong answer here. This is, this is just going to be your opinion and how you feel your tax dollars should be spent. And maybe it's as simple as you just want to see your your taxes go down so that we don't have such a big deficit. Mm. But as I mentioned, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. You heard Biden yesterday um, and, and some officials saying that as far as our, you know, money and what's going on with inflation, um, you know, the the uh, everything that's happening right now, is going to be stretching, he says, he said, for at least into next year, and a very good chance that we haven't seen the worst of it. It could continue to go up through 2023. Should the state be holding on to that money? That's, that's an option, too. Yeah. Um, and is this the rainy day that they should be holding what, it on in case something happens? What they keep telling us there is there are so many factors that are making the economy bad right now, uh, assuming you believe it is bad. Some people say, well, you know, unemployment's down, so it's good. But there are so many different things uh, involved, according to those who uh, look at these sort of things, that uh, it makes me wonder, why aren't there more good things working against them? Those Tool, bad things. 208-336-3700, pound 670 in Verizon Wireless. Bob, from Nevada. Where are you listening in Nevada, Bob? I'm, I'm actually driving. I'm from Twin Falls, but I'm driving. I'm actually going to Elko. You're, um, you're going to do drive. some gambling, aren't you? No, negative. <laughs> do not do that. No, but I, I drive. It's what I do. Um, what we need to do is take that surplus and put it into bridges, roads, 
state highways, things like that. There's there's plenty of places that not only are the roads bad, but they're deadly. Um, we we've got so much more traffic flow than our roads are designed to handle. And I'm not just talking city streets. I'm talking Highway 93 that runs through from Jackpot all the way up through uh, northern Idaho. That the road's not safe. It needs to be widened in areas. It needs to be needs to be fixed. There's bridges that are narrow. Um, that's what needs to be done with that money. All right, Bob, are you are you a truck driver? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I'm not a truck driver. What what, just, what type of vehicle I, do you drive? I, I do refrigeration and I okay. do it in multiple different. Places. Now, do you travel the entire state? I I have traveled from Coeur d'Alene to Pocatello to Boise to Twin Falls. Northern Nevada. Okay. I've been all over. uh, Sounds like a yes. All all over the state. Um, Where would you say, uh, because I don't have a chance to travel all over the state, where would you say the worst stretch of road in our entire state is right now that really, really needs help? The most unsafe stretch of road that I travel is probably Highway 93 south of Twin Falls to Jackpot. There's a car accident, a major car accident on that that life flight shows up to probably once yeah. a week. Really? Head on quite often. And, and, and it needs it needs a couple more passing lanes, um, lots of truck traffic. I mean, lots of truck traffic on a two-lane road. All right, Bob. Thanks for your input. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks for um, doing what you do. Thank you. Uh, Darwin, Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, you know, I've... I remember last winter when I heard Nate talking about the same thing about our surplus. And one thing that he was hot on was the grocery tax. Well, I'd like to see our legislators actually live up to their promise they gave us years ago when they increased our sales tax on a temporary basis for a crisis. Remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. It was a, a yeah, was that back in uh, early 2000s? Oh, in the early 90s and the early 80s. In the 70s, the sales tax was 3%. Now it's 6 Let's drop it back down to 3% like it was originally when they said it was just a temporary increase. And if we still have any money left over, let's pay off the school bonds that the legislature should be paying the the school districts enough money so that we don't have to be double dipping taxed to pay for the schools. All right. The state's supposed to pay for the schools. Let's pay off those bonds. So I don't have my, you know, you take a look at our property taxes. I don't know about yours, but mine over half of it goes to them secondary bonds. Darwin, thank you for the call. That's a interesting take. I kind of like that. Everybody has been clamoring for that uh, reduction uh, in the uh, 6% sales tax. I I don't know how the uh, state would be able to go about that and just set aside a certain amount and say, all right, we're going to roll back sales tax to uh, 5%, 4%. He said 3%. Um, It would be interesting to see somebody uh, put together a study to find out how that would affect future surpluses. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, uh, looking for ideas. Like I said, this is not scientific. 
Um, but we look like we're going to have another over a billion dollar surplus by the end of the uh, upcoming budget year, ending June 30th. So it looks like the state's going to have a lot of money to spend again. How would you like it to see it spent? Would you would you like to see more infrastructure? Would you like to see going to roads? Uh, very interesting take there on on uh, sales tax for the state sales tax. Um, or would you like it to come back uh, as a uh, check the, uh, for the money that you've paid in? Jim P. writes in and says, Excess money, 50% infrastructure, roads, schools, etc. 50% return to taxpayers in the form of a rebate. In the future, eliminate grocery tax, reduce sales tax to 5%. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The governor talked about how the state allocated last year's big budget surplus, but said not all of it was spent. And once again, we're looking at a sizable surplus in Idaho. We'll end our fiscal year in the end of June, and I think it's going to be somewhere between 500 and $700 million more. And he said, obviously, he's very concerned about inflation and hinted about future tax decreases. The last thing Idahoans need is any kind of a threat of an increase in taxes. We need to continue to lower taxes and continue to lower the cost of government on both state and local government. Governor Little also touted how well Idaho did financially during and recovering from the pandemic. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. How do you want that money spent? Looks like we're going to have another big budget coming your way. You want you want another uh, check written or uh, direct deposit into uh, your account? The uh, last budget surplus, $600 million, um, went to an income tax cut that included a one-time $350 million rebate to taxpayers and $250 million in permanent income tax reductions going forward for people and uh, businesses. It was also spent on education, um, also spent on infrastructure. As Chris had mentioned, uh, part of that, Governor Little laid out, Idaho legislature earlier this year, um, having uh, high-speed Internet for all areas of the state. Some of that money was spent there. Um, what would you like to see done with the uh, upcoming surplus? It looks like uh, we have it. Maybe maybe you don't want anything done. As I said, maybe this is the rainy day that it's nice. Hey, we, we have a, a rainy day fund. Um, it's time to buy an umbrella. We don't know what's going to happen with what's going on. Are we going to be headed into a, a recession? I saw yesterday a report said there is a 35% chance as of right now that the U.S. will head into a recession sometime before the end of 2023. I like, I like those odds. 65% chance we won't. Mike in uh, Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Well, the first thing, obviously, we're collecting too much. I mean, that's why we had that big surplus. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, what I would like to see, and back in the early 70s, the local government was called the federal revenue sharing. It could only be used on one-time purchases, uh, whether that's a bridge or a, a building uh, whatever like that. It cannot be used for salaries and those type of things because those things keep on coming. And so if, uh, I mean, I drive a lot and uh, the bridges, uh, the roads, um, you know, Broadway looks like a patch quilt. So is Overland anymore. But uh, 
I think that's what needs to be done. Just use it for one-time expenditures. But look at the big picture. We're taxing too much if we've got that much. And there's all sorts of arguments. You could you know, reduce bonds or stuff like that. It, they'll still come back. But eventually, buildings have to be put up, and uh, uh, roads have to be fixed. And uh, how, I think Idaho was uh, almost dead last on repairing bridges. So that that is my thought on it. But again, the bottom line is we're collecting too much. All right. Thanks for the call. There uh, always seems to be money budgeted for creating something, but never for uh, maintaining it forever. Yeah, you're you're probably right, and I I would say that might be human nature. I mean, don't we do the same things with our own properties? Yeah, it's like you know we if we have to have something, we'll find the money somewhere, but we don't set it aside, even My, though we know eventually we're going to have to replace a carpet or paint the house, yeah. fix the roof, or whatever. My grandparents, and my father, were very good at taking care of the stuff they owned and making it last for decades. But anymore, we don't really do that as much. Roy and Middleton, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Hey, Roy. Good morning. Hello. What's Hello. Up? How would you like to spend the surplus? Um, I agree with uh, putting some money back into infrastructure um, and, and possibly schooling, but I think they need to set some aside because all this growth we're experiencing in the Valley uh, is going to wreak havoc on the water system eventually. And we've already heard about it in certain parts of Boise where <clears throat> where uh, wells are going dry, and and I, it's not those people's fault, you know. It's our our uh, local politicians are letting all this growth just run wild, and and I think that's going to create a problem. And I think those people that are their wells are going to go dry are going to need some help. That's a good idea. Yeah, we. I mean. <laughs> We haven't even thought about that, but we've already started to hear about water shortages in some areas uh, here in the Treasure Valley where the the well water has dropped below where the wells are being dug and they're having to go deeper and deeper. Um, hadn't even thought about that. That's a that's a very good point. Thank you, Roy. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Got a message here. This one isn't signed, but... Uh... It says, I heard the discussion about there should be a law to stop what is happening at the Supreme Court justices' homes. There is already a law on the books, 18 U.S. Code, Section 1507. Whoever, with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice, or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duty, pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the United States, or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer, or with such intent uses any sound truck or similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. Why is this not being used? Why is it not being enforced? uh, yeah, I, I don't have an answer to it, but why was this not enforced most recently when the intimidation was going on at the Supreme Court justices' homes here this week? Uh, again, again I, I think it's simply because uh, there is some resistance to uh, arresting people who are protesting in the United States, simply because it's supposed to be uh, one of your rights. Right. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll get into news coming next. Get back to your phone calls and emails.
Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can also email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com, text us, same as our main number. Ranger Bob writes in. This is kind of a good idea. We're just we're, we're asking you what your thoughts are. It looks like we're going to have a federal, not looks like, we have a, uh, a, a state surplus once again. Um, it, it's looking like by the end of the uh, budget, current fiscal year, it's going to be uh, about $1.3 billion, right around there. Definitely over a billion dollars. Right now, currently at around 600 to $700 million, according to Governor Brad Little in our discussion that we had with him yesterday. What would you like seeing done with that money? Would you like uh, another uh, check written back to you um, in the form of a rebate? Do you want to see another permanent income tax reduction? We had $250 million in permanent income tax reductions um, this year plus the $350 million in uh, rebates, total $600 million in income tax cuts. Um, and that was when we had a federal, or I mean a state uh, budget surplus of about $1.9 billion back in January. Ranger Bob uh, has a great idea. How about using that surplus to build homeless shelters? Yeah, there you go. Start building up a mental health infrastructure. Yeah. Nobody nobody has said that before. I mean, we've, we've had... Here, here's an idea. Get rid of everything the government shouldn't be in charge of and just spend it on the stuff that they should be in charge of. <laughs> um, no name on this one, but I like it. Uh, I did the math. Turns out the answer is bacon. I like it. Is, isn't the answer to bacon? Well, it all comes down to bacon. It's all, yeah, it always, it always comes down to bacon. Thomas says, could you ask Mr. Culver? You know what? I think he means Fulcher. I think Sorry. he means Fulcher, yeah. I, I, didn't read the, I, didn't, I didn't read this ahead of time. I don't think it, we talked to him, Mr. That's pro- Culver. That's probably spell check, getting a hold of the word Fulcher. Thomas, okay, could you ask Mr. Fulcher if there are any countries also sending money for their war? I think meaning uh, the Ukraine. Uh, yeah, United States isn't the only yeah. country sending them money. There are 69 countries currently, uh, most of the big ones, that are sending money to uh, Ukraine. Not all of them for military supplies, some but a lot of them for humanitarian aid. Corey writes in, I'd like the state to reduce the state income tax by 1% to 2% as soon as possible. Not bad. That's what the surplus is coming from. State, um, you know, we're paying the taxes, Corporate corporations paying the taxes. That's where all that money came from. Um, you know, so that's, that's not a bad idea. Uh, Denise writes in, I want my money back. The government confiscates way too much of our money. My guess is Denise or Denise... Um, once a, uh, another check or a direct deposit going into her, uh, account. I, I'm kind of with you, Chris, you know, that, I mean, there are things we could spend the money on in the state, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not going to turn down, uh, another, you know, check if they want, if they <laughs> no, want to rebate some of the way. money that I, if it is my money. If you're going to waste the money, then no, just write me a check for some of it. <laughs> What's that commercial? It's my money and I want my money now. Is that that one about settlements or whatever? I think I think it is. So that if you have an annuity coming, uh, you can get all your money at once instead of getting paid yearly. There's, I'm sure there's a catch. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't get as much money as you you think you would get, <laughs> as much as you're owed. They they take some of it from you to pay you a big lump sum as, as of right now. Uh, Wayne writes in uh, regarding your disclaimers this morning about your requirements to run political ads, even if they're not truthful. 
I find it interesting that our elected leaders will not impose limits on themselves that require honesty and truthfulness, yet a certain segment of our elected leaders want to impose restrictions of what they may consider disinformation on the rest of us. You know, the new federal disinformation committee that is being talked about being formed, maybe they can look into political ads and whether or not they're they're truthful. I just... Do you, do you ever see politicians voting to impose limits on themselves? Uh, no. Not yet. It, e- even, not very often. Even when the people of the state of Idaho vote for term limits, the politicians will go to a session and, and turn it down. Here's the other dangerous or, thing I... Or so we've, we've learned. <laughs> here's the other dangerous thing I see with it. Um, say, say they did vote on it and say, hey, we're, we're going to require honesty and truthfulness uh, in all of our political ads. Who then becomes in charge of deciding what is truthful and what is not truthful? You run into the same same problem. It's like, you know, granted, we can sit here and we do every morning, like I, I told you, Chris and I, when we're off air, we hear the ads and we go, well, that's BS. <laughs> that's totally not true. But who gets to decide what is truthful? I mean, there's stuff that's obvious, but then there's stuff that's maybe not so obvious. Yeah. Who gets to be in charge of that? Who gets to be the czar I just love, of political truthfulness? I love... Uh ads for the primaries though because you know it's it's people from the same party going after each other mm-hmm. like you know so and so isn't the right kind of republican who gets to decide if if it's truthful when you call a politician a rhino do you want somebody in charge of saying wait a minute well who's in charge of truth now nobody Wh- whomever you believe yeah paul in nampa Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. What do you want to spend? What do you want to spend the, the state surplus on? Well, I heard I heard you. I believe it was that mentioned that maybe we could use the money for mental health. That was um, a, 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 a listener had texted that in. Um, homeless shelters yeah. and mental health. Yeah, I think what that's going to do is just breed more people coming here because of the good services that we give. And, and I'm oh, sure I didn't think of that. But they have a network of how they get get that that information from state to state. It's called the internet, and it won't take long. And, I and think I, already, I think I remember seeing a movie about it too. the The statement was, "If you build it, they will come." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not funny, but that's the truth. You know, I, I we've already got two locations in the state. We have one in Blackfoot for mental health. And we have one in North and Orofino. And there's also there's also a, a, a other locations that deal with that as far as private concerns. Are, yeah. And and so I I just don't see that that would that would help us in any way. Um, Those I are the you're that, talking about the state hospitals, and they do definitely deal with the most serious uh, of mental health cases. That's exactly right. And so maybe that's where some of the money could go to to the professionals there and maybe maybe enlarge their program to get them integrated possibly back into society. And that's that's as long as they, they're taking their medication and they're doing something constructive with their time, um, I, I see that there's endless possibilities for some of those people. Some of them, you can't rehabilitate them. I mean, I, I'm sorry to say that, but some of them have just taken way too many drugs. No, you're not wrong. And there, there are quite frankly also some that don't want to be rehabilitated. Also, 
this is true. They want to stay in their disease. Yeah. Thank you. That's the unfortunate thing. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Uh, Paul. Good thoughts. Daniel says, uh, how about we invest some of it and save some of it? That sounds perfectly reasonable. And the good part about that is saving quite often is investing. Mm Mm-hmm. So Dan- yeah. specifically, Daniel, when you say make some money out of how it, about, how about invest some of it and save some of it? What specifically we want to know? What would you like to see the investment in? What would you want that surplus Let's make to our be money specifically invested in? Make our money in Idaho work for us, so that eventually we can just live off our uh, savings, and we don't have to pay taxes anymore. Ben Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. What would you like to see the uh, surplus being spent on? Hello? Hi, Hello. Is this Ben? Yeah, this is Ben. Yeah. What would yeah, you like, like to see the surplus uh, spent on? I'd like, to, I'd like to invest it. There's nothing that says we have to spend the money just because we have it. Alaska has what they call the permanent fund, and it just grows and grows and grows, and it's used for something what happens on that rainy day or something that you really need that benefits all the people, not just a selective few. So when you when you say invest, invest it specifically, what are you talking about? You would like to see... Idaho have uh, a a fund like Alaska. Yeah, they yeah they have it invested in stocks and bonds and real estate and other things that make money, where it can grow. <laughs> it's not making money right now. Day. I mean, it works pretty well. Just because we have it doesn't mean we need to spend it. Yeah, yeah. no, sure. that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I mean that's a step further. They can eliminate the dang. Uh, Income tax, which we shouldn't have it anyway. So. Have you ever had uh, somebody older during your life say to you, "What do you got a uh, money burning a hole in your pocket?" Oh yeah, that's about right. You give it to the politicians, and that's where it'll go. They just can't save twenty bucks. <laughs> thank, thank you for the call, Ben. Or, or a nickel, as it were. Yeah, uh, there's, there's one person saying we shouldn't do anything with it. Save it for a rainy day fund. This uh, is not signed, but it says. Uh, look up the unemployment for the state of Idaho. They did cut off the federal funds early. Glad the two of you are doing well and got your money while furloughed. Uh, Casper's condescending comments about those uh, that weren't able to return to pre-pandemic jobs and income are typical. He's got his, the heck with the rest of you. Paraphrasing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, did he have his name on there? No. Um, I, I don't know what your name is, but you're absolutely full of crap, but thanks for the email anyway. You don't, you don't think you were condescending? No. Okay. I wasn't being condescending at all. But that's why I said you're absolutely full of crap, you but did, you're entitled you did, to your own opinion. You did point out that we kind of lucked out, but that doesn't, we did, yeah, that doesn't we, make you condescending. We did, and, and we shut off um, the federal unemployment one month early. Um, we were talking about, they were saying that we didn't get any federal unemployment for money for the federal government for our unemployment we did we mm-hmm. sh- the state of idaho shut it off one month early that's that was, it that was the first time in my life i ever applied for unemployment luckily but and i just i had to do it because we were furloughed uh, i guess or i could have gotten and gotten another job you're being condescending yeah probably I, <laughs> but, but but i but i am a lot 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, one more segment on the way. Final chance to get through. What would you like to see? Surplus that's building once again, expected to be over $1 billion by the end of the fiscal year, June 30th. What would you like to see that money uh, spent on? Or even not, just hang on to it. Go ahead and weigh in now. 
Martin Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Ah, another swing in the uh, stock market again today. Up, down, up, down. We were up about 250 points before it opened. It opened up, dropped a couple hundred points. Now we're back up 300 points. I, I, it looks so much prettier in green, I have to say. <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Jim and Caldwell, thanks for hanging on. Your News Talk KBOI, good morning to you. How do you want to spend uh, all this surplus money? If you had your way. You know, we teach our kids to put that money away for a cold day. Something's going to happen down the road. That's what we should be doing with it. Not giving it to the homeless. I'm California, and what that state has done... Uh, just handing out money to the homeless is ridiculous. That's why we all got out of there. And uh, But put it away. You're going to have to have something come up, bridges or whatever. You know, something's going to happen one of these days where you're going to need that money. Put it away. Let it grow. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. There are um, some people that consider the homeless problem uh, an emergency. Yeah. So they think they're using it in an emergency uh, situation. Mike wrote in and says, uh, Fulcher is repeating an old trope by often saying Ukraine is corrupt. It was until about four years ago when Zelensky was elected. Russ needs an update in facts. Be hard, hard to be corrupt right now because your country is completely blown to bits. Well, it's also practically under a microscope every second now. Um Text message in, no name on this one. The current salmon and steelhead management programs are designed and implemented by the feds. They hold hostage the plans which cater to global fisheries plan that is very liberal. So let's take the excess surplus dollars Idaho has and let Idaho be responsible for Idaho's own fisheries. Interesting. Like I said, we're, we're taking your calls today. How would you like um, to see the uh, money spent? We've had a wide range of ideas mm-hmm. this morning. Some of them that uh, I have never thought about. I infrastructure coming up. Infrastructure, give it back, reduce taxes. All seem like good ideas. Homeless, mental health, roadways. North can, North to South Freeway? <laughs> no, they didn't say freeways. Are <laughs> I, federal government anyway. I, I mean, I, it, that North to South Freeway would have had to have been something that would have been done years and years ago um, when it wouldn't be as expensive as it is right now. Um, well, I guess that can be said of anything. That, but, I mean, there's no, I mean, you're not talking billions of dollars. You're talking trillions of dollars to get that taken care of. It would be a great idea. Thanks for the phone calls and, and emails. And it will create so many jobs. Thanks for taking part uh, this morning. We are on a 20-hour break. We'll be back again tomorrow morning for the Thursday show. If you want to keep those emails coming in, feel free.